I'm excited to be continuing in our series. Um, as you see, it's entitled His Word, My Story. And so just to give you a little uh, update on what we've been doing over these last few weeks, we've been hearing from different pastors here on staff. Just passages in Scripture that have been impactful for them in their life and their story, how God has used it in their life. And so we've been walking through that. So I'm excited to continue in that. And this morning we're going to be looking at Proverbs 27. Um, and specifically in Proverbs 27, we're going to be looking at friendship. Um, because if you ask me the, the Mount Rushmore of spiritual influences in my life, uh, my friends would be one of those faces, right? Face up there that big, that would be... Nah, no, nah, I don't think but so. Anyways, <laughs> I don't think so. Friends in my life in such a, a mighty, mighty way. So I think it was good to talk about this morning, and it's good to invite one of those friends, um, Lucas, couple reasons. One, um, well, you're my only friend. So oh, they, uh, huh. that's that's the, the process. Wow. Something like this. Eeny, meeny, body, I'm honored. Uh, so that, <laughs> and, and, no, but since Lucas is a, a great teacher. Uh, best friend. And so I figured if we're going to be talking about friendship, I'll probably share some stories. And so I mean, I can't be talking behind his back, so I might as well have him here to kind of fact-check me in real time. So, um, <laughs> so that means just because there's two of us up here, and we're not doing two sermons, so you're okay. So don't <laughs> worry. Um, but we, we're going to try something a little bit different this morning. We're both going to be talking about friendship in this passage in Proverbs 27. Some life lessons that we've learned um, along the way for us. So before we jump in, and Lucas, who are you? Who is this guy? Yeah, well, my name's Lucas. Uh, good to meet you guys. I write books about Jesus and faith. Um, I speak occasionally, and I'm on a radio show that you might have in the area. I'm not sure. It's called Grace and Focus. And so that's kind of my work. Now, I want to show you, um, just because I like to show them off. The taller two are me and my wife. The shorter two are my kids, of course. And that's uh, Eli, Eileen, and um, uh, yeah, Leo. The family, so I'm still working his name out. Uh, yes, so we have a good time. They're in East Texas right now in Longview, so that's where we live. So um, let's tell them how we met. It's kind of a fun story, I guess. So uh, we were in the same youth group, uh, starting in probably in junior high and up through high school. And then in college, we kind of reconnected and spent a interesting time that we spent together was when we were both single living around the Tyler, Texas area. We both had uh, an apartment to each. We both lived alone. We're like weird. We got along really well. Ramen noodles. And, yeah. So, um, so we spent a lot of time in that, uh, in, you know, together then. And we both were single trying to find wives. So uh, we were kind of in the trenches together. So this is, this is my friend resume with Chris. <clears throat> I was, uh, uh, he was, let's see, yeah, he was my best man at my wedding <laughs> to his wedding. Not true, not true. So, so I wrote this down, and then he looked at the slide. <laughs> you were my best man, too. I mean, apparently I was his best man. I just forgot. So really, what this illustrates is that Chris has to really deal with a pretty forgetful friend. He has, he has actually uh, in his wedding. So thank you, Chris. That was very kind. I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah, so, so that's that. This is, my, this is my grumpy friend motto when I was 
My motto was, I'd rather be alone than be around crummy people. Now, if you say that to people, they will alone. <laughs> Except for Chris. I mean, Chris was like one of my few friends. Like, oh, I'll try not to be crummy. So I was a pretty isolated person, um, you know, and so uh, a good, solid friend. And Chris fulfilled that role in my life, especially in that really important kind of moment. And now when we get together, I got to come in this weekend and hang out with uh, Chris's family. Say it's like no time has passed, but you know I'm looking at us and like we're fatter than we used to be, and uh, phase of life, and uh, we wear button-up shirts now, you know. Uh, so it's like a lot of time has actually passed, but it's still great. It's great getting together, and so I'm just even if you fun just to hang out with friends. So uh, this has been a real win of a weekend for me. So Chris, where where are we going with this thing? What's yeah. what's happening? So there's a couple ways that we could go about kind of talking about this topic this morning. Friendship. What I, I think we want to accomplish this morning is uh, we want to answer the question is how you Chris like friend. And so because I think what's important is that we, we have to kind of first start with what we control. If, if this is a, a relationship in your life that is, is lacking or struggling or maybe I'm, I hope you are. Uh, but we first need to look at some things in our own life that we might need to be able to change uh, in our own heart, in our yeah. own lives. Things that we need to maybe ask forgiveness of or change or correct. Look at ourselves. So how we can pursue uh, being a Christ-like friend this morning. And so also there's a kind of a secondary reason I wanted to do this and no reason I, I kind of wanted to do this was because I think for us, the church, we, we haven't historically done a great job talking about friendships, yeah. specifically for us as adults. Right? or maybe college ministry, we kind of just say, all right, well, good luck. And I think what we've <laughs> yeah. seen is as we get older, especially for us guys, we, it gets harder for us to make. I think this is, maybe that speaks to that a little bit. And because when, when I think about this and when I, when I think about friendships and, and even looking in the Bible, I, when it comes to volume of uh, verses in the Bible, the Bible has more to say about friendship than it does about parenting or marriage combined. And so I think that's something we might need to pay attention to learn from, because obviously God thinks this might be a pretty important relationship in, your, in our lives. Um, and so when it comes to friendship, what, what do I mean? I have this statement up on the screen. It's friends. Ooh. And I don't know how that sits with you this morning. That may be the best news you've heard all week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, I thought we were finally, friends there for a second. The truth is out. But <laughs> think about this. When it comes to, I want to kind of think about it two different ways. The kind of the worldly definition of friendship um, is, yes, maybe you and I would be considered friends, right? We, if we saw each other in the grocery store, we would have a conversation. We've had lunch or coffee or we've spent some time talking on the phone. Yes, maybe worldly definition but what I think we want to dive into today is really look at biblical friendship. And I would say if we really pay attention to it, I would say it's probably, biblically, we're, we're probably not friends. Because I think you and I, we may only have a couple of really, really close friends yeah. in our lifetime. And that's okay. And I think, I think God is okay with that. Um, so when we think about that, we, we look at um, Proverbs, like I said, 27, and I think we want to kind of start getting a glimpse of what this biblical friendship looks like. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and 
just going to jump right into verse 17. And this is the popular verse. This is the one that probably everybody has heard before. So, all right. So, Lucas, if you wouldn't mind reading that for us. Yeah, sure. So, one person sharpens another. So, like I said, you've probably heard this. This is one of the most famous, famous passages um, in Scripture. But what I don't want us to do this morning is... The, with the popularity of this verse, I don't want it to overshadow the truth and the wisdom that can be found. Um, and how ultimately this, the truth has shaped my life, it shaped your life, and it possibly shaped your life as well. Because I think there's a lot that we can learn, and we will continue to do that this morning as we walk through this. So when we think about that verse, there's so much that we can learn about friendship. So the first thing that we're going to do, we're going to answer four things that we can do on how to be a Christ-like friend. Lucas, I'll ask you the first question. Is, okay. How do I be a Christ-like friend to those who need help? Because I have a story from your life <laughs> I'd like to share. Of course. <laughs> so uh, this goes back when we were, we were living around Tyler, and um, Chris and I would sometimes play music events, venues around the area, and there was this camp that he had worked at, and we did music for it, and then I was like ready to go. I was just like bugging out. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk back to the house. And I was thinking, Chris knew it was like 13, 15, 19 miles. I don't know. He's like, are you sure you're one of the... So I start walking, and um, at the time, for some reason, I had dress shoes on with no socks, which I think was just the phase of life I was in. I don't know that I owned any socks. That's pretty pretty good. Uh, So I I was walking like that. I was growing some blisters, kind of had a blister farm going on, and um, I didn't have any water with me. My phone was nearly dead, and I didn't have reception anyway. The country, kind of in East Texas, everybody had a dog the size of a horse, and they didn't own a fence, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I'm defending myself against dogs and, you know, trying to, trying to watch out for that. And um, dumb. this is really stupid to try to walk back. And, and it took about one turn to realize I have no idea how to get back to the house. And so I'm lost on the back roads behind, you know, whatever, behind a corn. They don't grow corn. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Here's what I kind of rested in. I, I, uh, I was nervous, but I had, this, I had this understanding of the friend that I had. I knew what would happen in the house, and he saw that my car was still there, and I wasn't. I knew exactly what he'd do. He'd jump. <laughs> like, well, well, I just want a new friend. Now, I knew he would jump back in his truck, and he'd come find me. That was the kind of friend he was. And so I walked and walked and walked. And Chris, I, you remember this? I'm walking the wrong direction on a highway that led out of town, and my, and my feet were blistered, my legs were killing me. I walked 12 miles that day. Um, I was dying of thirst, but man, when I got happy to have a friend that I could trust. And so the aspect that we're illustrating here is being trustworthy. I mean, as we think about the kind of friends that we are to other people, that's what we want. The first stop here is to be trustworthy. And I think this verse right in Proverbs 27 illustrates that. Chris, could you hit that one for sure. us? Sure. Yeah, do not abandon your friend and do not go to your brother on the day of your disaster. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother far away. So sometimes I read a verse and I'm thinking, man, what, did, what are they talking about? But I think this is actually more simple than it sounds. I think what's going on in that we have a natural desire to seek out help from people that are duty-bound to help us. Like, 
mother, my father. If I go to them because we're kin, they're going to help. We also have this desire to not be vulnerable with our neighbors, with friends, to sort of present and to only get help from those who are maybe hired to help us. And so I kind of have this semi uh, rhyming phrase that they'd rather rely on counselors, clergy, or kin, but here's we need to be faithful and trustworthy friends. So as we think about how Friend, this is the word that we want to start with, is being trustworthy, even when it's going to cost us something. So, how do I become a Christ-like friend? And in your friend. Now, Chris, I don't, I don't remember a time you've ever abandoned me. I know there's probably sometimes you needed a little space, <laughs> uh, you needed some quiet, but if I needed you, I just, I was like, hey, I need help, could you help out? And uh, hopefully um, I didn't abandon you when you needed help. And so hopefully it's mutual. So that is all about being trustworthy. Become a Christ-like friend, be trustworthy. Now, as we go through this morning, what we're going to do is build this list of four different characteristics that we can demonstrate to be Christ-like friends. Up as we go along. But to be Christ-like, be a Christ-like friend, be trustworthy. Now, Chris, you asked me a question. Yeah. So I've got a question for you. Awesome. You ready? Bring this it. is like quiz time. Okay. Why I mean, we <laughs> why do we resist making meaningful friends, Chris? Yeah, no, I think it's a question. I think the answer is simple, right? It doesn't mean that it's easy. So maybe maybe it's better to say the answer is obvious. It's because because these types of friendships that we're talking about this morning, it work. It takes time. It takes potentially years to build a friendship that we're talking about this morning. And so, you know, and if we're honest with, us, with ourselves, as we get older, I think we get worse at this, right? Because we just, yeah. I mean, we, do we really want to invest the time as we get older and we get married and we have kids and we have careers and things like that? We really have the time to invest this that we see in Proverbs 27. Yeah. And, and I think um, I think that's something that we have to think about because many of us would just say, you know, I have someone that I go to coffee with or I go to lunch with or, and I like people and I have a lot of friends or I know a lot of people's names and they know my name. And so we would say we kind of check the friendship box. Yeah. But what we want to talk about and kind of build the case, we need to pursue true, deep, meaningful and biblical friendships like we see here in because because many of us assume that friendship is for us. Yeah. It's to be what I want, to be what I need. And so I have a statement here that I think that helps us with that. This is the point of friendship. It's to make you like Jesus. That's the point of these types of friendships that we see in Scripture. Yeah. And what we're, because really what we're talking about here is, and this is not a self-help pitch. Best you can be. Um, it is because this process is hard. It's tough, and we'll talk about a few more things here in a minute that makes this process really, really hard. And example of this, and the, the example is him, right? He did this. So we see this passage in John 15. So Lucas, if you wouldn't mind reading that for us. Yeah, it says, this is my command of one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friend. So the first thing I see there right off the bat, um, I, I think by definition, a commandment is something that we're supposed to do. Right? Um, and so Jesus, 
is kind of expecting us to do this. And the expectation is set pretty high because what Jesus says here, and, you know, maybe okay, I remember, right? Yeah, I'd like to, yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus is perfect, right? I think that's true. Oh, yeah, no, that's okay, easy. Yeah, so yeah. whatever he does is perfect. So whatever he says, whatever he does, Jesus was perfect in whatever he did. So the way that I did it, I think logically we can walk the steps back and say, is he asking us to love people perfectly? Yeah, that's tough. And so I think we, no pressure, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what Jesus is getting at here. And he says how to do it. He says to lay down your life. And, and we know this, this is true for us that we, we see this in other areas and even in scripture that for, for our, our, our spouses yeah. um, and, and with, our, with our kids. And we, we, we see this, that we're to lay our lives down and serve others. But what I think is interesting is that Jesus specifically specifically applies to your relationships with your friends. And so I think that's something that we have to pay attention to because he could have put any other relationship in that, that last word in that verse to his friends. And so we should apply it to our friends. Um, and, so, uh, and so when I see this and I look at the example of Jesus, I, I mean, I've, I've seen Lucas be this example over the years. There be out and about running errands, doing something, you know, we at Walmart or we're at a coffee shop grabbing some coffee or we're out to lunch. I mean, Lucas just has this kind of radar that he would just, it just kind of go around the room and be like, I need to have a conversation <laughs> with that person. <laughs> and he would just ha- make it happen. Unfortunately, many times I, it's probably a person that I just would walk right past and not even think twice about because I'm selfish, uh, but he would strike up a conversation. And it was typically people that, these were not short conversations, let's just put it that way. They needed to have, yeah. they needed to have, they needed to talk to somebody. And it'd be so many times I'd be kind of like looking at my watch and wrap it up. Like we've <laughs> yeah. got places to be uh-huh. and people to see. This is, come on. Uh, but man, he would walk away from these conversations with, man, just excited about, man, one, opportunity to share the gospel help minister or pray for this person and or he would just say man that person really needs someone to talk to Mm. and he was happy to be that person and you know that's I had I learned a lot from that and types of experience in those type of interactions and I realized that he's done that a lot for me he sacrificed a lot for me and what I realized is that Lucas has a really just a strength and a super needy people like he's just good at it yeah because uh Wait a minute. That, hmm. Yeah. I think that may explain our friendship a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, thank not, you. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, he's just, he's just so good at that and a great example uh, for me over the years. And so, um, so when we, we see this example, this is, this is a perfect example of the gospel, right? Because he, he lays his life down, not for us. He's given everything. He gave his life for mm-hmm. us. And this is the type of love that he's asking us to have with So when we think about this, we, we can do this. We can love each other, not by our own power. Obviously, we're not perfect, but through the Holy Spirit, we can do that. Yeah. And so, and I just want to throw this out to you this morning. Like if, if you don't know the love of Christ, I would love to, because it can change everything. Yeah. It can change your life now. It'll change your life for eternity. And even it'll change specifically what we're talking about today, your friendships and how you yourself are a friend to others. And so I just want to encourage you. I'd love to have that conversation with you this morning. Yeah.
So because part of friendship is sacrifice. Because remember this, the point of friendship happy is to make you like Jesus. And so to answer the original question, why do we resist this? Why do we resist making meaningful friends like this? It's because it's a sacrifice. Yeah. It costs you something. And many of us don't like that process of giving some of that stuff up. And, and so when we, um, and so we add that to the list. So what it takes to be a Christ-like friend is and we sacrifice. So the next question we want to walk through is how do I deal with confrontation like a Christ-like friend? Hmm. I will confront you with that question. So yeah, go I feel for it. really confronted. <laughs> this is, um, it's like a, a friendship is like driving down a road, right? And um, you come to a confrontation, something that we, we've got to talk about. And it can either be a roadblock, and you've got to turn around and leave. It can be a speed bump. And what, what I would hope is that we can turn those kind of moments into not only a speed bump, but something that can put us in a fresh direction, some, you know, some moment mature us. And so as we think about this, I want to come back to this verse. We looked at it already, but let's, let's do this one again. Read, read that for us, Chris. Sure. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens. Um, I saw this on TV years ago. There was this guy who probably wasn't all there, but he decided he wanted to have his teeth sharpened. That's why I say he might not be all there because they yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so the thing about being, uh, having your, you know, your teeth sharpened is that it hurts. And the reason why it hurts is because it's a process of removal. Because that's weird. That's just the only thing I can think that, you know, a person being sharpened. But think about when a blade or a knife or a piece of metal. The way that this works is you take some, ab some uh, abrasive surface and then you take the metal and you ram it into the blade or you use the blade and what it literally is doing is breaking pieces of that metal off. Now if the metal had feelings, which it doesn't, but if the metal had feelings it would tell you, well that hurts because pieces of... Now when we think about scripture and the Holy Spirit who inspired it, he knew all that. He knew that sharpening is a process of removal and yet he's for to explain how we mature. So maturing through friendships is going to be a little bit painful. Sometimes it's going to feel a little bit like a wound, and that's because sharpening of removal. So in each of the relationships in our lives, we are being sharpened in some way. If you're married, if you've got kids, if you have a job and a boss, if you to a pastor or your clergy or whatever, uh, there's going to be sharpening that happens through that. But I dare say that if this encompasses all the relationships in your life, things that you haven't shared with these people in these relationships. And so you need a close friend that you can be vulnerable with in a way that you can't be with any of the other people in your life. If you don't, there's going to be parts of your life that stay dull. I mean, if we're sharpened by other people, but there's a piece of my life that I keep away from everybody I know, that's needs sharpening. Now, when we flip this upside down, we often, we often think, well, nobody's treating me the way a good friend ought to, but what we really want to focus on today is how we treat other people. So I want you to imagine people all around you that need to be sharpened, and you're the stone. You're the sharpening stone that they need. And sometimes we sort of fall into this situation, but 
We have to do this intentionally. We have to be thinking about how we can help those around us to sharpen. And so here it is. This is what it looks like to be a stone. A friend confronts. Now, if we put a period after confronts, most people will be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. I love to confront. But we have to confront in love or it is probably going to be a useless confrontation. To confront in love. Well, beautifully... This chapter gives us some indication of what this might look like. Uh, Chris, could you read this one for us? Sure. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, a lot of times, if you were to ask people how they define friendship, they're probably not going to go to this verse. They're probably not going to be saying me. What they're going to say is, my friend is someone who would never stab me in the back. My friend is someone who would never hurt me, never wound me. But notice, that's the exact opposite of what this person is. friend is someone who is willing to wound you, and notice, to wound you on purpose so that you can be sharpened. And that is very different from what we today. And notice that those wounds that that friend, that person who loves you inflicts on you, there's something that you can trust. There's something that sharpen who you are. And you can look back to the sharpening wounds happen and they can shape who you are. And so we not only want to open ourselves up to this in terms of being, uh, you know, from our other friends, but also we want to be gift of sharpening to other people. This reminds me of this little story that uh, I heard Mark Lowry say once. He's kind of this singer and comedian, a Christian comedian, and he, um, he said one time in traffic, and he, he accidentally cut this guy off, um, which I, I don't think you've ever done. Oh, yeah, never. And, um, <laughs> and so they, then they had this awkward thing, you probably have seen this, where you, you do something wrong in traffic, and then you both wind together. Together, you know, you're like sitting there, like, uh, don't look, don't look, look over don't there. Look. He's looking at me. So Mark looks over, and this guy is giving him a, we'll say, an unfriendly hand gesture. Yes. And so Mark window down, and he leans out and said, "That would hurt if you mattered." So he rolls the window up and zooms on. So that's an example of a confrontation that wasn't loving. Because it wasn't a confrontation that was being done in love. Mark got a funny story out of it. The guy probably was just mad at what was said, and they moved on and didn't think much about it. So what we have to do is the fact that a non-loving confrontation is pretty useless. And so we've got to move on from that. We've got to be able to confront in love. So faithful are the wounds of a thing to say. So being confronted is sometimes like a stab wound. But we want to not run from those. And we want to also consider how we can help those around. This, uh, this time, years ago, Chris, when we, uh, we went and met Jacob. You remember that? We, mm -hmm. So Jacob was a mutual friend. Chris grew up with him. I didn't. I was just kind of a, um, I was a friend, but not real close. Hadn't seen him in a long time. And I just dominated the conversation. I mean, I just, I talked too much and I basically ignored Chris and just asked Jacob question after question after I'll answer your question. So after we left, I was like, Chris, wasn't that fun? We got to see Jacob. And Chris was like, no, not really. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? We had a good time. What, what, what was it that, that, that bothered you? I didn't get a word in. You didn't, like say, a didn't, didn't say a thing. <laughs> you didn't say a thing. I mean, I just talked and talked. And so beautifully, Chris, in love, he said, man, you got to work on that because that's, that's like people want to be able to interact, you know. And, and so even today, I still think about that sometimes. Like, you know, 
me after we're done here, you know, I have, I have this thing where I kind of can steamroll people in a conversation. Sometimes I think about what you said, and it helps. I mean, I think, man, I, I think I'm sharper because of that. Now, it was embarrassing, and it was a bit of a wound, but it's one that I trust even today. Fun to share a couple other, yeah. like, silly confrontations we've had. We're not going to share our most serious ones, but uh, let's see. What is this one? Yeah, remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so one time I, t- so I, my, I also, we were super healthy. Like, we didn't eat any junk food whatsoever. And so one time I confronted Lucas, I was like, you eat way too much fast food. You've, you're going to stop eating at Burger King. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, you're, Burger it is, King. this is bad. So yeah. you, you got to stop eating yeah. fast food. So. I mean, I didn't listen, but I, it was good. Um, there was one that I, I recall. I still remember where we were when this happened. You, tell, you told me that you had cheated on a math test like years prior. I did this really weird dad thing. I wasn't a dad at the time, but I said, Chris, that really disappoints me. I was just like, what? Who, what if, well, suddenly, I'm my dad. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, so yes. So there was one. I mean, Lucas was dating. This is not his wife, by the way. This yeah, is I didn't somebody else. This I just had to pull him aside and was like, dude, this girl is a depressing bore. Like, you, you know, there's no way that you can marry this girl. This is a bad idea. Yeah. And so. And you were right. I mean, it was a good, it was, I needed that. I hadn't spotted it yet, but I was like, I'm so bored. So let's see, what else do we have? Uh, oh, yeah, so I yeah, basically was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll break up with her if you'll eat more fast food with me. Because who am I going to eat all this fast food? So we've had conversations. Now, we, we, we're not sharing with you probably the, the deepest, darkest conversations, but this the kind of back and forth that a friendship can have. Um, if, you, if you don't recognize relationships in your life, kind of conversations, maybe one's a little bit more serious than this, then it's something to think about because these are moments, as silly as they seem, some of these are moments that really change the direction, at least for well, no, that's, I did on the way, but uh, on the way up here, but I'm thinking of one on that list that really would have changed my life if I hadn't listened or if I said, hey, that hurts, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And so such important moments. What does a non-friend do? We'll do this real quick. So a non-friend, it tells us, but deceitful are the kids. That is flattery. Someone that doesn't love you is going to flatter you so that they can use you for something. Mm-hmm. That's not what a flattery is not something that friends have to share. Flattery is something that those who want to manipulate are going to use. So friends don't flatten. I'm sorry. The friends, friends don't flatter. They flatten. Flattened by me? Mm-hmm. I've been flattered by you. you and I appreciate it because sharpening is a process <laughs> of flattening. So here we're adding this to our list. Confront in love. So this one, as a Christ-like friend, how do I handle when my friend lets me down? I should I let oh, you man, down. Let me tell That's you, we has got about. a list. <laughs> so, um, but I think this is something we have to think about. Are going to let us down, yeah. including our friends. If you don't believe that, uh, you haven't been alive for more than five seconds <laughs> because people are going to yeah. mess up. They're going to let you down. Yep. They're going to they're going to do something that's going to hurt your feelings. They're going to sin against you. It's going to happen. So we have to decide in our relationships and our friendships, how do we move forward past that? How do we get over that? Friends. And so when I think about this and when I think about this, this process of doing that, Paul gives us a little insight in Colossians. I think he gives us kind of a key on how to do that. So Lucas, if you wouldn't mind.
with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just so must you do also. So Lucas and I have obviously wronged each other over the years. We've sinned against each other. We've, we've wronged other people and sinned against other people. We've been through this process just kind of like he's talking about. And so I think what we find here in this passage is, what Paul gives us, is kind of the key on how we move forward in our friendships post and forgive. Yep. We have to forgive. And it's one of those things that, man, it sounds easy. It's hard. Uh, but I think it's something that we have to look at and think about in order to continue in our friendships. And when we look at the, it's to give up the right to punish or to exact revenge or take revenge. Yeah. And so because many of us will say that, like, I just don't feel like I can forgive them. Yeah. I don't feel. And, and that's true because forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision that we have to make to not punish or take revenge. It's a decision that we have to make. We see this in our friendships, right? We punish our friends with, you know, with this, maybe the silent treatment, right? Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. return text or we, we stop hanging out or some other weird passive aggressively way <laughs> that we, we yeah. like to punish our friends. Here is that forgiveness is a command. Yeah. And it's something that if it was a feeling, it's man, probably something that we couldn't do or we would do very sparingly or give it to but the fact that it's a command, I think, is a, a, is, shows us that we can do it. Yeah. Because, just like we said a few other things, because of the Holy Spirit in our life, we can do that. We can find last step for us to pursue a Christ-like friend is that we have to pursue forgiveness. A Christ-like friend, we must forgive. Yeah. Because I think maybe, the truth is that maybe <clears throat> lost friends because either you or someone else it's inability to forgive. It's going to require forgiveness because we are people. We're not perfect. We're going to mess up. I'm going to let you down. You're going to let me down. That's the way that this works. In order, so in order to, we have to have forgiveness. And if you're lacking in friends, one of the things you have to ask yourself is, are you lacking in forgiveness? Yeah. And so think about that in your life. So let's review. The bottom line here is we must be trustworthy. We must sacrifice we must confront in love. And, we must. and to boil it down to even simpler for us is we, we must be a Christ-like friend. We must. These friendships, these relationships are really important in our life. And I think it's something that, that God wants to use in our life. And for us, specifically, I'm talking to we can't neglect these types of relationships in our life. So I encourage you as you walk out of here this morning, man, take... Take some steps. What does that look like? It may be, you might need to forgive someone. Someone. You might need to build trust with someone. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the step is for you, but you need to pursue these types of friendships in your life because I think God can use them. And, and Lucas, I didn't do this the any other services, uh -oh. but I'll do it now. Uh -oh. I just want to publicly thank you. You have no idea how God has used you in my life. Well, you will. You, there's going to be rewards in heaven for putting up with me, I promise. <laughs> so thank you for being a friend, and thank you. Well, let me do this. I didn't do this in the other service. <laughs> I'll say, you're welcome. It's been really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have it no other way. Lucas, would you pray for us? Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> Word, thank you that we can um, both have a good time, but also consider what all of this means.
are going to go out from this place and we're going to connect with people this week who need friends badly. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to take what we've absorbed here and to use it in a way that brings glory to you, but also brings people to We would be able to represent you well in a world that is in such bad need of Christ-like friends. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're going to do in our lives this week. Amen.